Welcome to the Be Real Podcast. I'm Diana Gasparoni. I'm a visionary psychotherapist, CEO, and founder of Be Well Psychotherapy and Be Her Programs. I am Ednisha Salisbury. I am a therapist, speaker, trainer, and co-creator of Black Woman Be Whole. Each week, we will talk about the journey of mental health wellness. We will talk about why your mental health is just as important as your physical health and the connection that being mentally well has on all areas of your life. We will be interviewing psychotherapists, doctors from both Eastern and Western disciplines, authors, change makers, thought leaders, and more. Our mission is to bring you information that is both thought provoking and encourages you to look closer at your mental and emotional well-being. We give you tips and insights to taking the next steps. If you have already gotten into the door, we'll get you to go a little deeper. Each week, we're going to have real conversations, helping you work through your mental wellness questions and reminding you that you are not alone. Mental wellness is our passion. We practice what we preach. It is our mission to touch as many souls as we can with this content and leading you to a place of mental clarity and well-being. So for the next hour, let's work together, lay back on the couch and get real. Hello, hello, hello. We are back with another week of Be Real. Adnisha is in the house. Um, I am in Mexico too. I'm just going to put it out there. I am in sunny Cancun, Mexico, doing a podcast from my hotel room. And let's hope that my Wi-Fi stands up. Diana, are you in the house with me today? Uh, Yes. Um, Well, I'm in my house with you today. <laughs> Let's be clear about where my butt is. It is in my own house. Um, yeah, I'm here today with you as always, as close to being by your side as I can in a pandemic. Well, I'm a little bit further away this time, but we'll just, don't worry, I worked out all my feelings about it in my own therapy this week about being home while you were in Mexico. And here we are. And I'm ready, ready. My heart's going to open up. I just so full because we, have another one of my people today. And at the end she's of this gush. episode, at the end of this episode, Anisha, she's going to be one of your people too. I promise. Because she, she's just going to, your heart's going to just crack open just a little bit more and a little bit more as you start talking to my girl. So Randy's in is with us today. Hi, Randy. <laughs> hey, Randy. Hey, ladies. So just jump right on in and tell our listeners a little bit about you, who you are. I don't even really know where to start right now. <laughs> excellent place to start yeah I don't know who I am I'm yeah I'm Randy I am the founder of the going beyond movement I'm the host of the going beyond podcast we'll talk more about what going beyond means of course let's see I'm an entrepreneur I'm a wellness person I'm an author a speaker I'm a mom of two actually three because I just got a puppy. Um, I did. And I am doing the crazy ass juggle of working and living and raising people and keeping my sanity during this wild time. I think that's who I am. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of moving parts in there, but for sure. I mean, that's one of the things about being human. There's a lot of moving parts. Yes. Yeah. And thanks for bringing all of yourself to the table with us today, (laughs) because I know like stepping away from all of that and your little ones are in school right now behind you somewhere, I'm sure. They are in school, but on Fridays, they actually do stuff at home. So everyone is in the house. So if there's any loud noises or bangs or, (laughs) you know. Uh Uh-huh. It's okay. We understand. We're all working at home. And what's the new one's name? What's the puppy's name? His name is Beanie. I mean, I I've seen pictures. I've seen pictures of Beanie. He's pretty cute, and we all know that I have a soft spot for the puppies. I know it's weird because when I last saw you, Diana, we were talking about dogs, and I really didn't know this was going to happen. But it was it was a moment that I just couldn't pass up. And then there was, for those that read my post, you'll know, but there was this like divine, I swear, divine intervention that this dog was supposed to come into our life. So I couldn't turn my back on him. So yeah, his name is technically Beanie Biscuit. (laughs) Something tells me that there were a lot of little hands in the naming of that one, Beanie Biscuit. There was was the eight-year-old hand in the beanie, but I'm convinced was whispered by my deceased father, but we can talk about that. And then the biscuit came from the four-year-old. Nice. It's a nice double. 
It's a nice mm-hmm. double beanie biscuit. I like it. It's got a nice ring to it. it. Does and he's pure love. He is a love bug. So it's exactly what the doctor ordered right now. I have my own my own puppy love love affair that goes on over here. Uh, so I could talk about your dog all day, but we're gonna go. I want to talk about. So I just participated in one of the initiatives in the Go Beyond movement, and it was really powerful for me to have to like sit back and think about where in my life I'm ready to go beyond. And I really, I really thought about it. I was not, I did not take it lightly. It's when you, when you, when you make that commitment, you're, when you say it and you put it in, you know, I have all sorts of feelings about social media and Instagram. It's one of my favorite favorite things to do is to scroll Instagram. However, but like when you start to really think about it and you put it in writing, I was really moved by the language around going beyond. So why don't you just tell us, just give us a little how it all evolved. You know, I think as as you guys know, because, you know, the work of working with people and for people's betterment is so intertwined with your own. So the whole journey of the work that I've been doing over the past, you know, let's call it six or seven years in this space has all stemmed from my commitment to my own growth as an individual and my own kind of shedding of layers over and over again of the things that hold me back and the things that I tell myself about why not do the bold thing and and releasing, releasing, releasing over and over and over. I did begin the beyond commitment in the world of motherhood uh, originally. So when I became a mother, I realized how tough it was to stay committed to this evolving self. And when I say committed, I mean to really be in the present with who I was becoming and not be sucked into the, oh, let me get back to myself or get back to my body or get back to something that was in the past. That was gone. That was done. And it was either going to look totally different, potentially look a million times better, um, whatever. The point was, is that there was a new relationship with myself evolving. And I was really fascinated by that growth curve in the motherhood space. And I was witnessing it in so many other women that I was meeting. Um, So that began this idea of beyond for me. And then As I actually launched and grew with my own podcast, which, well, as you ladies know, when you're doing all of this talking and this digging and this sharing, you know, your own voice just evolves, evolves, evolves. And then you start to see who's interested in what you have to say. (laughs) And the message kind of grew and it really became clear to me that this wasn't just a mom thing. And I didn't really want it to be just a mom thing anymore. Um, And suddenly, it's really about an empowerment mindset for women. And the mindset, I will say, during, well, because my whole new brand, the Going Beyond Movement, really crystallized and, and was born during the pandemic. Like I was working on it beforehand, but its actual creation really happened in these past six, seven months. So it allowed me to see and experience personally how critical the constant daily work was, not only to my work, my family, the things that are right in my own hands, but that the world requires this work of me right now in the most critical sense. Like there is no there's no waiting anymore. And so if I'm a little bit off kilter or I'm not each day reinforcing my commitment to myself, then how am I going to show up with what the world needs of me? My tagline, like the first thing that, you know, on the new website, which I hope you'll all go to, which is the going, it's goingbeyondmovement.com is your life is the movement. And so I really believe that. When you ask me about this challenge, Diana, it's that I'm trying to take these, you know, these steps each day and encourage my following and my community to make these proclamations over and over, whether it's a commitment in your life, whether it's how you eat or how you show up in your mindset or a relationship or what you intend to commit your studies to or whatever these things are. 
we do have to say it and we do have to make that commitment. Um, and then, you know, my other commitment is to continue to share conversations, dialogues and experiences with people that they can start to explore the voices of women who are going beyond and see what that dialogue looks and feels like. That's a little bit about what I'm doing. I mean, there's so much more, but going beyond in your life is about getting past limitations, getting past why not, and really owning that your life is the movement that the world needs of you. Okay. There's so much in there that I want to just jump in and unpack because I love everything about it. And I think, well, I want to start with how powerful language is, right? So like, as we, I mean, Anisha and I all day help people understand what their thoughts and feelings are and like help them parse them out so that they can see them. Like, so I think of thoughts and feelings, like when people first come into treatment with us is like, you got like that necklace that is all jammed up into a knot and you keep trying to get it out. And like, all of a sudden you get like, you're like, Oh my God, I got it. I got this knot out. And then it's like, no, <laughs> you go back the next day and you like find the same necklace in a knot. But like in this language of going of beyond, right. And then when we think about like where we are and what our limitations are and what our I mean, I always, I refer to them as like, what's our resistance? Like, where's the resistance? Like what is holding you back? But like, as I already mentioned, like when I really thought about my commitment to go beyond and like had to think about it and write it out and do it and proclaim it, it, the energy behind it for me really just started to, it was almost like a snowball effect, right? Like it just starts to like, now I, I see where I'm, where I'm taking that language into like, we're creating an event and Anisha and I just started to talk about it and like what that's going to look like and how, how we can talk to our colleagues and peers and educators and coaches on inclusivity and what that's going to look like for us in the future. So I was grateful. I'm grateful for you and for just asking me to do it because it just like really helped me to like center myself and think about it. And I also don't think that I we get caught up in our day to day and we don't think about it, right? Like it's not like every day is a rut, but we don't always think about it. Well, there's such a power in this time period. I mean, that we've all mm -hmm. been forced to sort of look at ourselves and our behaviors in such a more acute, focused manner because of just the nature of this crazy ass period that we're living in. Uh, <laughs> And, you know, you slow down and you're at home more, you're staring your patterns in the face more. And then at the same time, we're going through mass cultural uh, change and there's so much anxiety and energy. And it's like, if you're not, I mean, I, I think maybe because I'm such a physical person and I'm a mover and I work out a lot, like I, and I've always been a mover, I find a lot of metaphors in the physical and I really look at the ability to communicate properly, to speak your intentions in a way that has meaning, and then to start to take those steps all the way to having some of the most difficult conversations with yourself or someone else. I really think it's like the building of a muscle and that's how I view it. You know, I think of like a weak bicep or whatever, and you know, it takes lifting, it takes time, it takes repetition to get to that place that the muscle can hold the weight and then more weight and then more weight. And what I think is that many people are, are just a little weak or a lot weak. And what we need is each other to encourage, to ask the question, to invite you in, to give you moments to explore what it feels like to have a muscle that's stronger. Like all this stuff that, you know, you start to play with. And I feel that you know, we all ask ourselves the question right now, you know, what do I have to give and what's my work in the world? And I think, I think I'm a communicator. I have a voice, I have a platform. So it's my duty to use it in the best way that I can to help. I come back to it and I'm, and I'm working on myself consistently. So it's all related. Yeah. I love how you talk about um, your life being the movement. Um, and so when I think about that, I realize that my life is not just about me. There is a responsibility to take care of others in a, in a way, to have like this collective care, because we talk a lot about self-care and taking care of ourselves. But for me, as a Black woman, I come from more of a 
community-based, you know, thought process. So like, how do I also take care of my community? So if I see myself as a movement and my life as a movement, then I'm also thinking about how am I touching other people? And then the people that I touch, how do they touch other people? I love that you put it like that because I've never really thought about like my life being the movement. And what if we all started to look at our lives as the movement? How many people could we touch? And how could we make ourselves better so that we could touch others? You know, and, and how can we kind of deal with that anxiety that we have, deal with that depression that we have? Because we're thinking like, wow, how am I going to help someone else? Right. And not just, you know, getting so stuck in the you and what you need all the time. But what what about like what what can you do for others? And I don't think all of us think in that way. I mean, as a therapist, I mean, I think in that way all the time. I think about how do I take care of myself? Because part of what I do is take care of other people. But I also know I got to show up for me first, though. (laughs) How do I shine that light on others? I think motherhood has taught me that like fast and hard. Um, But I do agree with you 100%. Like once you start taking care of anyone or showing up for anyone's growth or betterment, you, you automatically have to fuel the well grow the muscle, oil the machine, however you want to visualize it. I love that that makes sense to you, Anisha. And I I hope more people can start to see see it that way. I also really think, you know, I love that you brought up being a woman of color and sort of going back and forth in your mindset, you know, from this individualistic standpoint to going into more of a community-based concept, um, which I do understand. And I think as a as a white woman, I think that one of the things that we're super weak about is being able to grow ourselves enough to have that muscle built to sit in some of the conversations we've just not been taught to sit in. And so when I think about like my own movement, for me, one of the things that I've had to do is just get more comfortable slash stronger at sitting in discomfort, sitting in unknown, sitting in conversations that maybe I haven't sat in before, hearing things that hurt to hear. But I will make the bold statement that a lot of the growth that we want to see in our country, between races, between cultures, I don't think it's possible unless some of that personal movement work is, is happening. You know, because yeah. like, human beings are showing up to the table. Right. And, and, you know, it's interesting because I've listened to your podcast and I love that you give a voice to women and you give this platform also for, to black women and women of color to share their stories. Right. Stories where we don't always have spaces to share them and, and you let it be known that our stories matter. So I, I want to thank you for that because I listened to a couple of your podcasts and I noticed that you highlighted black women and women of color. So I appreciate that. Thank you. I it's, it's, well, it's, I want to say it's purposeful, but I don't mean that in the forced sense of the word. Mm-hmm. Like where I, you can tell and you can feel where people and brands are sort of like, oh shit, we better get some black people on the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We've had, we've had a lot of those internal conversations behind the scenes for sure. <laughs> like we, we can see it and we're like, Ooh. Yeah, you can tell. I mean, um, you can feel when it's not built into the foundation of of a person or a company or whoever is producing anything. I live, I'm very proud to say, and I also don't feel anything in life is an accident, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, Proud to be part of a biracial family, proud to have Black and Jewish children. And so to me, like, telling and giving spaces for all of these perspectives is inherent to me. It's not, it's not like a secondary choice. And frankly, people need to be, people need to listen, like people need to listen. (laughs) Um, And so I hope that my listeners are, are enjoying the experience of hearing such powerful women share their stories vulnerably. Over time, people learn to listen with a keener ear too, which I think is really important. And you are definitely elevating a space where women, white women in particular, will hear in a different way and start to hear, hopefully hear, move things aside that they can hear where they need to go beyond in their day-to-day thinking, in their day-to-day lives. And what is is a resistance or re- 
a regress, a regression or something. I'm going to get too complicated in the analytics, uh, in the analysis <laughs> of it. So I'm going to, I'm going to try not to use all that language, but yes. So that they can sit with their discomfort, feel it in their body and ask themselves why actually are they uncomfortable with this conversation? And that I see in, when I listen to your podcast, I hear it and I just, I love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. That I'd like to add, um, mm-hmm. Besides that, I hope people are listening to a diverse set of voices. I hope that people are at the very least will hear me as the host, but really as the other party in a, in a dialogue and a conversation and see that I'm willing to kind of talk about things that maybe are sometimes uncomfortable to say or ask questions that might seem vulnerable or Maybe somebody, and this has happened plenty of times where people will kind of nicely, but correct me or steer me in another direction. Um, I've had moments where um, I've had a guest who's a woman of color and who really expressed to me before I hit the record button that a certain way in which we spoke to her in lead up to the, the recording made her feel anxious and vulnerable and like, she wasn't clear what was going to happen in the conversation. And I fully received her feedback and really appreciated it and felt like because I was able to hear her, uh, one, we had a great interview. And two, I made a friend because I felt like she saw that she could talk to me. And that alone is something that I hope is also being exemplified, that I am not perfect, but I am showing up. And that if nothing else I recognize that there are real true needs for women of color to have safe spaces to communicate and non-women of color to have spaces to communicate with each other. But at some point, we're going to have to listen to one another and hear one another in some capacity. And again, if these conversations are a small piece of that, then great. Then I feel like I'm doing something. You are doing something. You're doing something amazing for sure. Absolutely sure. Now I'm forever making Anisha uncomfortable because I'm always I'm <laughs> I'm always asking her to do stuff. Um, we talk about that all the time. I'm like, come on, girl, let's go. We're gonna do it. Um, and then she's like, wait, oh what? I'm like, come on, just get in the car. We're gonna go. It'll be fine. We'll just get there. It'll be it'll be totally fine. And like then she's like, wait a second, wait a second. So I know that in my notes today, I did ask because I wanted to know where she was in her with the thoughts on going beyond because when I ask her to do something one of the other things that one of my favorite things about her (laughs) she always says (laughs) yes and then like when we get there she's like what in God's name did I say yes to but she always (laughs) says yes so I knew when I wrote that in there that it may have caused her some anxiety when she was reading it but I knew that she was going to show up today with her own ideas about going beyond so I'm really I'm very interested in what she was thinking I am too. (laughs) Yeah. First, I want to say that going beyond for me is saying yes. Even when I don't know if I want to do something, even if fear is trying to paralyze me in the moment, I still say yes, because this could be something that could be so great for my life. So whenever you do ask me to do something, Diana, I say yes, because I want to do it. Now, in the moment, I might not feel like I can do it or if it's possible, but I know I want to because I want to push myself past any fears that I have. But when I thought about this this going beyond, and I feel a little emotional, but I'm just going to rock with it, okay? I want to go beyond the Black pain that has traditionally been the center of the Black experience. Because I find myself sad as I read articles about another Black man being killed, or I see videos just looking at Black people being violated, both physically, verbally, mentally, that it kind of can get me down. So I pledge to have joy define my experience as a Black woman and not pain. And for those of you who don't know, I grew up in New York City in the 80s during the crack epidemic. I had no idea what life would look like for me. So 12-year-old Adnisha would say that Adnisha today is going beyond everything that she thought she would be. Finding joy daily and not letting fear stop me has been so important to me. And I realize that sometimes I know fear will slow me down, but I know it won't stop the train from leaving the station, right? The train is always going to leave the station. So every day I just try to be better and I try not to let fear paralyze me. 
I will say that I am a person who suffers from anxiety. It sucks. It sucks. Anxiety stops me from wanting to get on this podcast every week. But again, I have to push beyond. And I do. So I just want to push past that pain that has been like the crux of the Black experience and really have joy define who I am as a Black woman. Just kind of like this unapologetic joy. Like joy that I don't have to earn because I deserve it. And, and it's like a non-negotiable in my life. And so I, I try to spread that message to my clients and hopefully they'll spread that message to other people and to know that joy is my right. That's what I'm, I'm moving beyond. Well, yeah, I'm over here tearing up, crying, feeling um, like- all my work suddenly just <laughs> lives in Indonesia's words. <laughs> So I start every day getting on the, every week, getting on this podcast in love with Anisha and don't think that I can love her anymore. And then today happens. Yeah. I'm in love too. That's yeah. it. That was, <laughs> Oh, that was a lot. But I said, it was, I, yeah, it was, I wanted to put it out there. I love it, it so much. It, it was beautiful and hard and I just, I, I'm honored that you shared it with me and with Randy. And I I want joy for you every day, every day. I'm finding it. I, I, I'm making it something that is planned now until it becomes automatic. And one day it will become automatic. But right now, every day, I just try and find it. And part of being on this vacation was that I needed joy. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it had been eight months living in a pandemic doing sessions from my living room table (laughs) and (laughs) I just knew and just listening to black people grieve and black people be in pain over not only losing family members or losing people that they love to COVID, but also dealing with the like social isolation, right? Like not being able to see people that they love and then just having to kind of go through this reckoning. I was like, I got to go. Like I need a moment. I need some joy. I need sun on my face, which brings me joy. And so I was like, all right, I'm, I'm going, I'm going to, I'm going to Mexico because <laughs> I need some um, joy. <laughs> and I also, and we're, we're going to step into a quick break, but before we do, I want to, I want to say this, because one of the things that is always something that happens on our show and that we talk about is that you were my intern and then, you know, how, how, where our dynamic is, but I think it's really important for you to hear how much I learn from you all the time. Thank you. And I'm so grateful for it every day. So we are going to take a quick break here and we'll be right back. As you know, I am a huge supporter of therapy. And if there was ever a time to prioritize your mental well-being, it's now. As the founder of Be Well Psychotherapy, I am proud to announce my team is leading the way in online therapy. BeWell is based in New York City, and we were one of the first practices to pivot to online therapy with the outbreak of COVID-19. With over 15 licensed therapists, BeWell offers a variety of methodologies and approaches so you can select a therapist that is a good fit for you. We help individuals of all ages, including kids, teens, couples, and wait for it, we even have online group therapy. There is no need to struggle alone with feelings of depression, anxiety, isolation, grief, or loss. To learn more, visit BeWellPsychotherapy.com or text BeWell, that's one word, to 484848 to get connected with a therapist today. Again, that's BeWellPsychotherapy.com or text BeWell, one word, B-E-W-E-L-L, to 484848 to get connected to a therapist today. And now back to our amazing show. So we're back during the break. I've been sitting in, in the feelings that came up for me while you were talking, Nisha. And, um, and again, I want to thank you for that very beautifully put go beyond, but just, just letting us be with you while you said it. And I can still feel it. And I think that the weight of it, I'm going to feel for a while because I want one of the things that I always want is to take the pain off of you in a way that I know that I, I can't, but I want to. And I think one of the things that as we're talking, like from an individual perspective of what it means to go beyond, it is you've made a beautiful 
beautiful, beautiful presentation. Uh, I'm not going to find the right word. Something for us to reflect on that in order to go beyond, we have to acknowledge our pain. Yeah. Um, and acknowledging the pain and then going through it is, it's, it's just not easy. I mean, like going through all, I mean, and like, I, I have this image of you as a 12 year old girl in, in New York city in the eighties, which is when I moved to New York city, by the way, (laughs) (laughs) um, a little FYI. And, um, and like what that experience was like for me when I got here, but just like in that pain, I think I, I read something this morning and it was about recovery, but I think we are all recovering. And as we start to go beyond, like we can use the terminology, like we are recovering from an old self to move into a new self. Like we can just use the language and it's like recovery is like, what did it say? It was, um, surviving frostbite. Like it hurts as you, like, as the frostbite heals, but you don't, <laughs> you don't run into a blizzard, right? Like I'm getting, it's almost like to get rid of frostbite, you don't run back into a blizzard. Like you sit and you go through it and it's really painful. And then when you get on the other side, all your fingers work and everything feels great. And like you can move into a new experience of who you are. And so I think that that, when I'm thinking about going beyond like on the individual level, it is that experience of like cracking open and moving through something. And that was just a beautiful, it was just, I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be thinking about it forever. And I hope everybody in the world listens to this. Like I wish, I wish that every soul that we could possibly get this today's podcast into the hands of, I, I, I don't know how I would do it, but like in a way. So Randy. <laughs> so I just want to, I want to thank Randy for putting that question out there to the world, because if you didn't put it out to the world and I wasn't meeting with you today, I wouldn't have thought about it in a way that I did. So thank you for that, because I know that I'm pushing beyond and and every day, but you made me really sit the thought of what that really looks like. And you made me think about where I've come and where I'm going. And I think that this why this can be so powerful for people, because it allows them to look at themselves and say, okay, presently, this is where I am. Where was I before? Where am I going? For someone like me who... I think that just lives with imposter syndrome from either the world telling me that I'm not enough and then me internalizing it and then me trying to like break down every door in front of me. It's just so tiring and so draining. So when you put this out there to people, what do you want from them? Like what, 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 what is your hopes for people to take from this? Well, I I also just want to say, so I feel so honored to have listened to you express that. Um, I often say that when you have a vision for something and create content around it, you put it out like, yeah, you can get comments on social media, et cetera. But when you hear somebody actually express something to you directly like that, it really is a moment. I need it. Uh, I need to be reminded that what I'm doing matters. We all need that reminder. Um, So thank you for that. What I want is honestly what I have experienced. And what I have experienced is a head-to-head journey with my pain. And it's not easy. It's hard. But what I know is that when I have actually, uh, similar to Diana's analogy of the frostbite, when I have sat in that discomfort and looked at it and been through it and cried through it and come up with words for it, somehow I end up at this next better space. And I, I honestly follow that process as a guide. And I think that 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 desire to do more, be more, and and give that work to the world is just that essence that I keep following. And because each human being is so unique and so different, uh, where your pain is, is one version, mine is another, you know, we all come out with a different alchemy. And I, I think the thing for me that just continues to be revelatory is that the hardest things in my life, the things that on a conscious level, of course, I wish I could undo, like, why would we want to hold on to the terrible things? But at the same time, it's those same things that have become the magic of my life. And that's, that's the oxymoronic, like, 
confusing essence of humanity, but it is the beauty of it. And so my idea is that if we can name those things, work through those things, and then as you just said, kind of set our mind to what I want to be, what do I want to transform? What is this one small thing I can commit to, to get to that next place and then that next place? What that starts to do is to affect our relationships, to affect our work, to affect the change that we would like to see. It is big. And I really think, unfortunately, we minimize that work. And instead, I want to encourage women to maximize that work. It's critical. And we were reminded a few moments ago that it can be self-imposed limitations. It can be societal limitations. As women, we do have both to work with. It can be difficult to define which it is. But to actually own that your transformational work and your befriending of your own pain to get to something better is not only the most important work you can do, but actually that which can create change that the world needs is pretty huge for a woman to actually really sync up with. That's a very big concept. But I'm wanting it to become more of a befriended concept, more of a journey, more of something that like women band together to do. And that's where the the community aspect of it really lives for me. It's like, if I can hear your story and witness your commitment and listen to this story being told and, you know, come into a, a virtual event where women are talking about these things, it becomes less and less like, oh, I'm, I'm shamed to have pain, but actually my pain is going to take me to that next place that I'm meant to go. It's actually my fuel if I can actually work with it. Randy, I mean, I think that you've kind of opened the door. Can you talk more about like your mentoring programs, your retreats, your live, your virtual events, and how you are kind of getting women together to kind of be that light? Well, pre-COVID, I've always been the in-person person. Um, I would have live podcast recordings with an audience and I would do retreats for women and I dig it. Uh, but right now we're in a slightly different time. So I've been having virtual events, yes, uh, which are di dialogues, discussions about things and topics that are really up. Um, I'm always bringing in really, really interesting voices from a variety of women. Um, we've talked about race and friendship. We've talked about redefining our brands during this time. We've talked about this strange phrase of new normal and what it means. We've, we've talked about the stuff that's up. Um, and it's been fun. It's been really fun. And I'm actually always surprised by the connection and the vibes, the good vibes that you can feel virtually. Um, but uh, that's that. The podcast is uh, like similar to what I think this is for you guys. It, it is also my happy space. I make new friends. I bring on friends. I talk about things that I think are really important to get into. And like I said before, I hope it's an example of what it means to have the level of conversation that I think we're more capable of than we realize and is also very necessary. The mentorship work is one of my newer offerings. It's the truth is, is it's something that I've been doing for years, but actually I just wasn't really packaging it into my business. I hate when women do that. I've been doing it. So I'm done doing it. But what my mentorship program takes is all of my expertise. And that expertise is a really interesting fusion of my personal emotional journey and work the losses and the pain that I've gone through and transformed through, and my very unique business experiences. Not only do I have experience now writing a book, working on you know multiple social media platforms, having a successful podcast, um, speaking, guiding people, um, so I, I get how to build platforms, but I also got thrown into very complex business matters um, when I lost my dad unexpectedly 15 years ago. And so I am able to hold space for women trying to figure out how to take their vision and their idea and very quickly turn it into something that's tangible because I've done it in a lot of different ways. And because I'm just so naturally like a wellness 
emotional person. Diana knows I actually want to be a therapist. Um, <laughs> talk about that. I can kind of like really quickly like intuit what the issues are or what the blocks are or um, just kind of ask the right questions to get people on track. Now, I want to be clear about what the mentorship isn't. Um, and I got really clear about this when I was shaping it. I'm not a coach, actually. I don't really want to kind of pull it out of someone. My sweet spot is when somebody comes to me and they're like, so I have this vision. I have this idea. I've been tinkering with this. I actually already kind of worked on that, but I haven't actually pulled it all together. And I'm not exactly sure exactly where to put it. Oh, and by the way, I'm not sleeping that great. I haven't been eating well enough. And I know it's compromising my creativity. I need like three or six sessions with you to just bring it together. That's my woman. So Lord I, have mercy. I don't want to interrupt you, but I see her over there just uh, beaming. And I, I, I'm watching the brain go, I'm just going to email her when we're done and see how we can work together. But I don't know. Cause I'm like, maybe I need to come work with Randy. I'll give you like, uh, I'll get you through. So I'll get you through therapy training like that. Like we can do it. No, I see it. You're yeah. like, you're like singing, singing Anisha's song right now. <laughs> Very clear about like, who I connect with and who I can help rapidly. And that's the fun part. Like I've been doing this for years over like coffee talk and lunch with like all kinds of women. And it's like, I, I'm also such a connector and a networker. It's like, I've got with the right people. It's like, once you get your shit together, like I have people to introduce you to, like it all is very easy and fun. And so that's the mentorship program. And basically what I'm doing now is as I head into 2021, I'm really going to start to put it out there and um, hope that women are going to want to like step in really fully and, and let me like help guide you based on like this stuff that I've figured out through a lot of messiness. <laughs> Anisha, I know you know this, but recently Randy and I spent what, 48 hours together, 72 hours, something like that in an Airbnb in Woodstock. We were tested for COVID first. We were all COVID free. There was hugs involved. It was wow. very nice. Lots of hugging. Um, and everything, her mind is always, every, all of a sudden she'll like walk, she would walk into the kitchen. I'm going to introduce, wait, you should, I, I'm going to, this person, I, I happen to know this person. And you're like, okay, but it would like, like pop out, like kind of like popcorn. Like she would like have a thought and be like, whoop. And we did originally meet because I, she was on my dance card. I was, we were meant to meet. We were instructed by, by our coach. It was, uh, it was a, everything she says. We've had lunch, all the things. She'll come up with all the things. I see you over there, Nisha, thinking that possibly this might be a thing for you. I need a compass right now, right? Like I, the, uh, my direction is a little off. So yeah. <laughs> Sounds like something right up my alley. <laughs> it's cool. It's cool stuff. And I, what I find, I'm a, I'm a huge truster of the universe. You know, it's like I had the privilege of um, working with a young woman who I actually met through my daughter's preschool. Um, she was like one of those like shining lights of a person. She worked more in like the operational management ends of, um, of the school. But I did a talk at the school for the parents about like, the basics of my book and stuff. And she overheard it and she like came up to me and she was like, do you coach? Do you mentor? Like, and she turned out to be this like Reiki person who wants to write a book and who wants to create a platform. And, and she was brilliant and her energy was like next level. And I kind of like, I gave her a few sessions and like moved her into this amazing place. And then she had some stuff going on and I had stuff going on and then COVID happened. Long story short, she reached out to me like last week and she was like, I knew we were going to come back together. My mom and I want to co-author a book and, and create a platform and it's all based on the process of grieving. And it's like, it amazes me how life like spirals together like that. It weaves together because grief has been such a massive part of my story in my life. And it is a connecting piece to me with other people. And I love and 
and like almost like bow to the fact that that topic just continues to kind of like circle into where people need guidance from me, but not necessarily as a counselor, but how that topic weaves into people's creativity and how they want to express it. And I find that just so fascinating. In a society, and I know that Anisha and I have talked about this often, and we did at early on in COVID talked about grief. We don't, because we don't know how to grieve or express grief or talk about it. What a gift that you, to be that gateway, to allow people to, that you, because you're not going to, you're not going to back away from their pain. Like you can sit, you can sit in that feeling and allow people to talk about that grief and where they can like channel it into something that will bring them joy. And that is just, it's beautiful. My thought was that since there is two therapists on this panel, and then you've been talking kind of about therapy, how has your own therapy kind of pushed you beyond? I mean, constantly. I I guess I, you know, I grew up with my mom actually studied psychology in college and always worked with therapists. It was always a very uh, comfortable space for me to befriend. I immediately, when I lost my dad, started seeing a grief counselor. And then that wove into my first, I would say, really steady therapeutic relationship with a woman who was an out and out sage. She was already into her late 80s when I saw her. And she has since passed um, years ago. She's an amazing woman and kind of portrayed to me what a a true sage really looked like. Um, And then after that, not long after, I found uh, my therapist who is still my therapist. It's been years. And we actually practiced, well, again, pre-COVID, we actually practiced yoga at the same yoga studio in the city. Um, So we always, we always shared community and shared this like very cool vibe with each other. And she actually has even been on my podcast um, and been part of live events that I've done, which has been super cool because it's given her an opportunity to also see me in action in a whole other part of my life um, that now we can speak to within our therapeutic conversations, which I'm sure she wouldn't do that with everybody. We just sort of have a very human um, relationship and connection like outside of the the therapeutic one. My therapist is like one of the coolest, chillest women I know. And she also is a Zen Buddhist practitioner. So we really speak a lot of the same language in terms of mindfulness and um, like really giving space for the humanity of it all. And, um, you know, I have seen her throughout a lot of different phases, um, phases that have been very challenging. Um, As you can imagine, losing my dad um, in an accident, I have gone through acute trauma and have had to face some of that trauma in order to like show up normally in certain instances. And so she's really helped me. I've done some work um, with EMDR um, with her, which has been really powerful. And even when life isn't like as acutely up in challenging ways, I continue to see her even if it's every two weeks or three weeks because I view it as an investment in my growth period end of story. And it's amazing. Like you can show up to be like, "Hmm, what am I going to talk about today? And then all of a sudden it is out and like the tears are flowing or I don't know, sometimes it's just like a like good laughter about the craziness of things. Either way, it's a huge, huge addition to my life. And I think is part of why I'm able to give the way I do both to my family um, and to my community. I love hearing about that. (laughs) Um, Because it also, well, I think that part of it is too, I think that we look at like there is, we are also really hoping that with the work that we do, that we, our message is that therapy is for everybody and can be a lifelong commitment to, to the therapeutic process because you, your life keeps going. Like you keep going. There's all, there's always going to be something that you didn't do ahead of you. And like, and that you'll go back into the room and see your therapist when things are kind of going okay. Just a little, and just a little thought. 
for you, food for thought. You do have a thought every one to two seconds. So just putting it into words does help you feel a little bit better. Unfortunately, because this could go on all day long, because it has been so amazing, it is time for our last hurrah working title. So <laughs> Nisha's up. <laughs> it's a working title. It's a working title. Last hurrah. Zuh. This is Nisha's, this is Nisha's part. I'm just going to So Randy, these are two questions that have nothing to do with anything we talked about today. Sweet. Just some fun. Just to get to know you a little bit better. Okay. So if you can make one thing illegal, what would it be? <laughs> this is a really hard one because there's so many like horrible things happening. <laughs> Great time to pose this question. <laughs> I guess I just have to choose like one thing. I actually, okay, I'm going to pull the health and wellness card. I would say that um, certain chemicals that are freely used um, in our products, in our homes um, should be illegal because they've created some pretty, pretty bad health effects. And I'm, I am pretty passionate about those topics. I love it. And what are you most afraid of? Jeez. I think I would be, I'd be most afraid of something happening to my children, to be honest, because it's pretty much the worst thing that any parent could ever imagine. And mm -hmm. yeah. Um, and once you know the gravity of, of grief and loss, as we were talking about, like, it's, it's a hard thing to, to wrap your mind around. So I try not to think of it, but that would probably be my greatest fear. Well, thank you, Randy. And I just have to say today has been amazing for me. It was a sheer delight for me to um, talk with both of you guys this morning. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you. It was a joy for me as well. Thank you, Randy, for coming and hanging out with us today. And Anisha. All right. Oh, here we all go. The things. It's, it's, ready? Yes, we're ready. We're going to, we're going to try to, we're going to try to do it. Go. All right, let's go. So we're still living in a pandemic. Wash so. your hands. Stay safe. And wear, wear your damn mask. mask. Wear the mask, people. <laughs> Wear the mask. Okay, we're going to stop here and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Be Real podcast. Stay connected to us and subscribe to Be Real wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you are feeling it, how about a five-star review? If our conversation sparked a question, join us in the Be Real podcast Facebook group. We hope that you have walked away with some new insights, curiosities, and ideas to better help you on your journey to mental wellness and overall well-being. I encourage you to go to BeWellPsychotherapy.com and check out our services and programs. Again, that's BeWellPsychotherapy.com. Okay, we have to stop here, but I'll see you next week.